Hey, happy Monday to everyone out there. Wherever you are, however you're listening, thank you for tuning in to the Monday podcast of the Paul Farrington Show. A pretty big stinker as far as excitement goes in Week 10. Numerous blowouts, very few competitive games. Hard to watch, hard to get excited for them. However, there is a lot of conversation to come out of this because a lot of fan bases left Week 10 pretty pumped up for the rest of their season. Let's start in New England. Let's start with the biggest storyline of the weekend. That's the Patriots' 45-7 victory over the Browns in Foxborough. No, this wasn't the score of a game between 2001 and 2019. This was Mac Jones, Bill Belichick dominating Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And what people are taking away from this game is that New England's back. That's what you're going to see in the media today. That's what we've seen so far. People are saying the AFC needs to fear what's happening in Foxborough. New England's won four in a row, five of six. Mac Jones had his best game of the season. New England is back. And while I'm impressed with the performance, I'm going to pull back just a little bit. I'm going to say not so fast just yet. Listen, the growth of Mac Jones throughout the year has been notable. Right now, it's him and Jamar Chase in the Rookie of the Year battle. And what I've been most impressed by is his ability to show up in the big moments. Three of his four best games this year have all come when the spotlight's on. Hosting Tampa. Tom Brady comes back to New England. It's his night in his stadium. And Mac Jones, in his fourth career start, goes toe-to-toe with the GOAT. That was an impressive performance. A couple weeks later, they host Dallas, the two most valuable franchises in the NFL. All eyes are on this game. It's the game of the week, the 430 game of the week. And New England loses in overtime to a Dallas team, which is one of the very best in the NFL. And we'll get to that in a minute. But that was a competitive game. Mac Jones made some big throws late when he needed to. Sure, there was the Trayvon Diggs interception, but how do you respond? 75-yard touchdown the next play. Like the performance there. Then this week against Cleveland, with all the Brian Burns dirty play drama leading up to the game, and I'll say it probably was a dirty play from Mac that resulted in Brian Burns tearing his ACL. With all that noise, Mac comes out, and he's nearly perfect yesterday. So I'm not doubting his ability to show up when it matters most. That's one of the best traits of Mac Jones. It's that the big moments don't phase him. In fact, I think he enjoys them. He's got a chin. He can handle the mental side of the NFL. And you need that when you play for Bill Belichick. You need that when you play for Nick Saban at Alabama. I'm sure that was a conversation that Belichick and Saban had leading up to New England drafting Mac Jones. Belichick probably wanted to know, is this kid tough? Can he take it? The answer is yes. So he's got the mental part of the game. My only concern here is while I know New England's a defense-heavy and run-heavy team, it's just can Mac string together multiple games where he's playing at this top level? Because that's what you're going to need for a deep playoff run. I'm not worried about if he's going to be nervous. I'm just worried, can he string it together for multiple weeks? I'm not sure yet. We haven't seen it. Because let's not forget, the past two weeks, New England's won, But Mac hadn't been all that impressive. They beat a Chargers team that's struggling, Panthers team that just got McCaffrey back and was going through a lot with Sam Darnold. But those games, they were mostly defense and rushing oriented. And again, that's what New England's built on. So Mac Jones doesn't have to win these games. Just in the playoffs when it matters, he won't be nervous. I just want to see him string together some great performances before I'm ready to say New England's really back. Three of their next five, they got Tennessee, Buffalo twice. I can't wait for those Buffalo games. This is a Bills team who, outside of a fluke play in Tennessee and a bizarre performance against Jacksonville, would easily be the one seed in the conference. So New England will have their opportunity. That's when we'll get to see if New England is back, how Mac Jones performs. He won't be nervous. Let's just see if he goes out there and plays at a high level. He's done it so far. We just want to see if he can keep it up. Meanwhile, the Browns, here's the question I have with Cleveland. 
if you swapped Baker Mayfield and Mac Jones, how would Baker look? Because Mac was nearly perfect yesterday. But if you put Baker in a Patriots jersey, you gave him Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, you gave him that system, would he look similar to Mac Jones? I kind of have a hunch that he would. But nonetheless, Baker's not in New England, he's in Cleveland. But is that much of an excuse right now? You got one of the best offensive lines in the league. You have one of the best rushing attacks in football. Defense is very good. Receivers throughout most of the season have been decent. Secondary is a little weak, but Baker Mayfield has what he needs to succeed. This Browns team feels like it's an elite quarterback away from being possibly the top contender in the AFC. So the question that arises for me now in Cleveland is how much longer do you give Baker Mayfield? How long is that leash for him? Because for so long, we know that people outside of Ohio have been critical of Baker, but inside of that state, the Browns fans, they've supported him. They've thought he's really good. Most of my friends who are Browns fans have really liked Baker Mayfield. But there comes a point when the fan base turns and it feels like that might be starting to happen. And all of a sudden, those questions begin to arise. Is this really the guy? Can he take us to where we want to go? I'm not sure if Baker Mayfield can, that he's the guy in Cleveland. I think, of course, you have to give him to the end of the season. But the Browns miss the playoffs. The AFC's not particularly strong this year. Go up and down the conference. Every team outside Tennessee has three or four losses. And although Cleveland looks really good in some games, they'll then come out and have an absolute stinker like they did yesterday. So we might be approaching that point in Cleveland where you wonder if Baker Mayfield is that guy. It's something to keep an eye on as we move forward. I'm starting to get the feeling that he's just not. Love the confidence he has. Think he's a fun guy with the media. But no, sadly, I don't think he's the answer in Cleveland. All right, to Dallas, to the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? After an incredibly disappointing, embarrassing performance against the Broncos, they come out yesterday and they just demolish the Atlanta Falcons. I actually feel bad for Atlanta. Gosh, the Falcons can just be miserable at times. 43-3, never much of a game. It was over at halftime. And this was a performance Dallas desperately needed because because even though they're sitting there at 7-2, The Bronco game was ugly, and I think that that rose a lot of questions among Dallas fans. Like, "Eh, are we as good as we're saying? Are we as good as we thought we were? They they proved a point yesterday. And let let me tell you, this Dallas team, to me, is a top-two team in the NFC. I like them right behind Tampa Bay. I know Tampa lost to Washington. I still think that they got to be the favorite as long as Tom's there. They're the Super Bowl champions. They show up in big moments. I like Dallas now. I, I think I'm lifting them over the Rams. That defense... There are playmakers, Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons. Those guys make plays. Not that Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey don't. I'm just liking what I see from Dallas right now. They seem to have that it factor this season. In that offense, there are playmakers all over the field. If Elliott gets going, if Zeke gets going again, dang. Watch out for Dallas. They're going to threaten for the one seed. Big game this weekend in Kansas City. That'll be the game of the week. Prove it game for both teams, in my opinion. Dallas wins that game. They're in a great position. Kansas City wins it, and all of a sudden, people are going to say, oh boy, here come the Chiefs, they're back. And why don't we touch on Kansas City right now? Winners of three in a row, beat Vegas 41-14 in Vegas last night. It's a game where many betters favored the Raiders. Don't look now, but Kansas City, they're in first place in the AFC West. Have they looked like the old Chiefs throughout this winning streak? No. In fact, I would say they weren't impressive at all against the Giants or Packers, but last night they were. They looked good. Those magical Mahomes moments, left-handed passes, plays on the run, bombs that are somehow miraculously caught, and the defense smothered Derek Carr in the second half outside of the 50-yard touchdown. No, this was a dominant performance from the Chiefs. This is a game where when I turned the TV off, I said, all right, they're on their way back. 
They go from third to first in the AFC West, just a couple games out of being in that two seed. It'll be hard for them to get the one given the losses they have to Baltimore, to Tennessee, to Buffalo, all the division leaders. But I don't want to play this team in the playoffs if they get hot. I know a lot of people have been quick to count them out, but the defense looked really good last night. That's been the big question mark. Mahomes had a couple questionable throws here and there, but he goes for over 405 touchdowns. Look, if Kansas City's able to start stringing a few together now, it's going to be dangerous. I still like them in the AFC to get it to at least a divisional round. I'd probably put them in the AFC championship game. Call me crazy. Say I have recency bias with them, but this is one of the most talented teams in the AFC. And when they have it going, not many teams can compete with their firepower. So let's watch the defense, especially next week against Dallas. As I said, that Dallas offense loaded with talent. If Kansas City is able to put forth a good performance there, damn, they might be back. They might be back. I want to talk about the Panthers for a second because they go into Arizona, beat the brakes off the Cardinals 34-10. Philip Walker played well. This is about to be Cam Newton's team. Next week, Cam's going to start. And the Cam signing felt desperate to me. It felt like Carolina was trying to light a spark, and maybe it did yesterday. For the most part, it seems like players really like Cam Newton. He brings an energy, a swagger to a team that most quarterbacks don't. But to me, a lot of this had to do with the Cardinals reeling from injuries. Look, DeAndre Hopkins was out. Kyler Murray was out. Chase Edmonds didn't play. I think that that killed the Cardinals. I know last week they won with all those guys out. But still, once you once you fall behind in one of these games and the offense isn't moving the ball, it's easy for a defense to fall apart and kind of give up on a game. But if we're going to give Carolina credit, one thing we can't ignore is that this is a completely different team with a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Remember, outside of last week, which I'm going to give them a pass for because it was his first game back, in games McCaffrey is fully played, fully healthy, they're 3-0 and now. He completely changes the dynamic of this offense. And it's him or Derrick Henry when you talk about most important non-quarterbacks for an offense to succeed. This guy goes for over 150 yards every game, it seems. But in spite of all that, I'm not buying Carolina. I think their schedule's light over the next four weeks. They'll stay relevant. We'll enjoy the Cam Newton story of can he bring back this Panthers team. But after that, you have Tampa Bay twice, Buffalo, and you go to New Orleans. That's a recipe for disaster. That's not a forgiving schedule. And although Cam's declaring he's back, I'm not on board until I see him get some whip on the ball. We know he has shoulder problems. Yesterday was fun, but it didn't solve it for me. What Cam will do, though, is bring Carolina into the spotlight. There will be eyes on them. And hey, I'm excited to see him and McCaffrey on the playoff push. Like, if it happens, it happens. Uh, I'm just not there yet. All right, one more team I want to talk about. Let's head out to L.A., my Vikings. 27-20 win over the Chargers in L.A. Vikings fans took over SoFi Stadium. And this is quintessential Vikings for you. Because over the past few weeks, they've been so infuriating that the fan base loses hope. But of course, we still watch the games just with a lack of enthusiasm. So naturally, they have to go out and have one of their best games of the season. Mike Zimmer, for many, he's on the hot seat. He appears to be listening to fans and is trying to win games now, not lose them. We saw a fake punt last week in Baltimore. They tried one this week before the play was called dead. And they win the game on a fourth and two pitch to Dalvin Cook. But perhaps more important than that, of any of these plays, came with 240 left in the game, third and 20 for the Vikings. Typically, that's a draw in Minnesota. Go for about three yards. We punt, say, hey, let's see if the defense can win the game. They won't give up a circus touchdown. Vikings get the ball back, miss a field goal, lose in overtime. That's the normal story. That's the ending. But yesterday, Clint Kubiak says, no, let's let Kirk Cousins win this game. Let's let old Kirk fire one 18 yards to Thielen. Get us to fourth and two. And hey, put the ball in the hands of Dalvin Cook. Fourth and two, game over. Put the ball in the hands of your stars. Just like at a concert, what do you want? You want them to play the hits, feed the studs. And the Vikings certainly aren't lacking in that department. 
Justin Jefferson had his game of the year. Thielen, the third and 18 catch. Cook, the big play at the end. Feed your stars in Minnesota. That's the recipe. You got the guys to do it. Don't be scared to lose. Play to win. Now listen, to lose would have been merciful. It would have been kind to the fan base almost. But the Vikings, they have to string you along. And yesterday they did a nice job saying New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta, Chicago. This is our competition for the six and seven seeds. No, no. We belong in the NFC playoff picture. We're going to threaten the rest of the season. It's a tough schedule. They've got the players to do it. I'm sure they'll break my heart somehow. But yesterday, great day for the Vikings. The Stars made the plays they had to. They took down a good Chargers team in L.A. All right, later this week, I'll have a college football reaction show out. Notre Dame slowly climbing those rankings. Here come the Irish. ESPN says that they have the third highest chances to make the playoff at 60%. Is that ridiculous? Yeah, a little bit. But hey, I'm all for it. I'm here for the chaos. And then later this week, perhaps a surprise for Friday. We'll see. I've got something in the works. Stay tuned. Anyway, thanks for listening. Be sure to give the show a follow on Instagram to stay up to date with all of the latest from the Paul Farrington Show. And until then, Arrivederci.